0: Good evening, and welcome to Wednesday night chapel. Glad you're here, and looking forward to our time together. And uh, we just love for us. How about if we stand tonight and let's say our theme together? Here am I, Lord, send me. Let's pray that silently. Amen. I do want to say before we start to worship that we are so privileged to have uh, Reverend Brian Wiesinger. He told me to say it fast, (laughs) and so I did. And we're pleased to have you with us, and also one of your associates with you, Isaac, and there he is. And uh, so um, could we just give them a welcome tonight? Let's get ready to worship our Lord.
1: Father, thank you so much that uh, we didn't have to walk into chapel tonight wringing our hands just hoping that you would show up, hoping we would hear from you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here. We are so honored to be in your presence. And Father, we are excited to have Pastor Brian Wiesinger with us this evening. Thank you, Jesus, for how your hand has been on his life for years and how you have ministered through him in such uh, exciting ways over the years. Jesus, I love the way that you use his dynamic personality and and the way that he can reach right into the Word and splash it out into our everyday lives and make it relevant. Lord, thank you for his lifestyle, his commitment to you, the ministry that you have given him right now in Westminster, and Lord, thank you for the way that you're going to use him to bring your Word to us this evening. Lord, we're going to be real careful to make sure that you get the praise. In your name we pray, amen.
2: If it sounded a little bit like Susie uh, knew me from the past, she did. A college freshman at SNU when she was a, a youth pastor at Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, she believed in me before I believed in myself. And she invested and gave me opportunities that I am forever grateful and thankful. She took a few guys, and I hadn't thought about them a ton, Susie, in the last few years, but I guess that's just a few years ago. But I remember when you said, hey, see that guy over there? See Robert Solis? You need to hang out with him. Remember those Waters boys? Hey, can you hang around them? And then there's a guy named KP that was also somewhere in the mix. And I remember our conversation, and you said, you want me to do what? Just go love them." And that has stuck with me. The names have have changed and and there's even more names now of people but it seems to me like that's what we're still supposed to be doing. We're still supposed to be getting involved, getting our hands dirty and loving, loving people just right where they're at and watching God do some incredible, incredible things. Uh, Speaking of me being a college freshman, I've been through something recently that's been quite frankly awful and, and that is my, my oldest daughter, Madison, is a freshman now at SNU where I was. And I've had to go through my first kid uh, going to college, leaving home, and uh, everything that everybody told me about it, they all lied. It's terrible. And, uh, and I have struggled, and but I'm okay. She's doing great. Dad's heart is still trying to adjust even after one, uh, almost one year going down now. But i got to tell you that when when I left the dorm, over there at SNU and got out on the 39th Expressway to take off, I couldn't even talk to Kim as we had said our goodbyes to Madison. I couldn't talk to my wife for at least 60, 70 miles because the lump, the, the, the heart, I, I trust her, I love her, but it was a new experience. I felt flattened in my spirit about how how do i move on from here what do i do i know that might sound crazy and maybe i'm not supposed to be that real but but i was having a hard time of course she called a little while later and she was all perky and happy and irritated me and that helped get me over it because she wasn't feeling any of what i was feeling but have you ever had those moments where you just feel kind of oh, flattened and it just it just it just you don't know how to how to get rid of it what do you do I had other moments in my life that I felt kind of that way. I don't know if you guys have anybody in your family or somebody really close to you that you kind of look up to and in just a lot of ways they're a hero. And my grandfather was that for me. And I was the first grandkid. I was spoiled rotten, and I loved every minute of it. And all the other grandkids remind me of it still to this day. But But when he went to heaven, I remember where I was in Tennessee when I got a phone call that my grandfather had passed away. I knew it was close, but I I still thought I was prepared, but I wasn't because one of my heroes, the person in the family that everybody said I was the most like, was no longer on this earth. And I felt a little common ground with how I felt leaving Madison. I felt a little, oh, what am I going to do? Where do I go from here? How is this gonna work? I also remember one other, probably there's more than one, but one other I wanna share with you is, is I remember getting news after Madison was born, the one that I left at college, and she's doing great, and uh, I'm still struggling, uh, that, uh, that, that after she was born, the doctors told Kim and I some, some interesting things. They, they told us that due to some complications, that uh, there was less than 1% chance that we would have any more kids because of a very, very difficult delivery. It was news that we didn't expect to hear. We were thankful for the one that God gave us, but I remember at that moment feeling flattened by, really? That's not, that's not how I had it drawn up. That wasn't my plan. Now, I, won't, I will spare you all the details, but there's about a eight-year span when the doctors were right. And then I don't know if God has a sense of humor or, or, or prayer was answered or exactly what happened, but a, a girl named Miley came along uh, that was our second kid. And then to really make matters crazy, few, uh, three years after that, twins, Brady and Macy, showed up. Uh, so... <laughs> So what that means is, is, is I'm 47, and i got a 19-year-old, 11-and-two-eighths, and 2 eighths, and that is insanity. I don't know what that all... But it's a huge blessing, and the kids will either keep me young or kill me, and that's pretty much what's, what's going on in, uh, in my world. But, but when I think about those situations in my life, I remember what it was like to be at a place where I wasn't sure what to do next, and I just knew my heart was aching, I was struggling, and I felt just kind of flattened in my spirit. What do I do? How can I move on? And maybe tonight you guys can relate in some way, some story that that has just maybe burst your bubble in a sense. You know, uh, uh, maybe it's some sort of loss, some sort of broken relationship, some kind of circumstance. I, I don't know what it might be, but I think we all could say been there, done that. And, and that we understand that those things happen in life. The, the question is, when you go through those moments, do you go, what I, what I have done in the past, I'm not real proud of, but do you go tunnel vision? And, and all you do when that situation happens is you just, it just, you just, everything gets real narrow, and all you see is that and everything you do, and it just kind of, it's just kind of right there. And, and it's hard to, it's almost like you can't, turn, you can't see and feel and do anything else. You feel kind of stuck. You feel like the boat anchors around your neck, and you just, you don't know how to move on. What do I do from here? How, how can I get past this? And then we do something, I say we, because I've been there. It's scary, but we think this. If it just could be the way it used to be. If it just could be like the good old days. The way it used to be. And we long for those, whatever those warm fuzzies were back there that really felt good and really made us, and now we're uh, stuck. There's a guy in in John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 1 through 15, that uh, I think he's been kind of flattened in life. I think he's been struggling. I think he's trying to figure out, is this it? it, What's going to happen? And what happens is Jesus comes on the scene and totally turns his world upside down. I didn't know if at Bible college I could say rocks his world, but but he did. And and things went went upside down. And and I want to read this story, and I want to kind of look at, especially at this question that, that Jesus asked him. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate, which was the gate where they sacrificed the animals, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Now you talk about quite a span of time of uh, same old, same old. When Jesus saw him, and knew that he had been ill for a long time. Now I love that part because what that reminds me is Jesus walks into this crowded situation and he sees this person and he knows the details. Isn't it nice to know that in whatever we're doing, he knows the details, he knows what's up, we're not alone, he's a part of what's going on and he knows, he knows he's been ill for a long time. So he asked him this question. He asks him this no-brainer in my mind at least at first this no-brainer question he says would you like to get well now I'm thinking no I've been here for 38 years you gotta be kidding me do I want to get well yeah I I, I mean that if it's me I'm like I'm in help me thank you please I'm I'm ready maybe it's a no-brainer question maybe maybe it's not he says this I can't sir I want to ask you, you ever been there? Jesus asks you a question, Jesus wants you to do something, there's something in your heart that's moved, and he says take a step of faith, and we go, I can't. Nice idea, nice thought, but, but I can't. Uh, sir, the sick man said, for I have, I have no one to put me into the pool where the water bubbles up and, and someone always gets there ahead of me. See, the thoughts were that there were springs that ran under those, those pools and sometimes there would be uh, this, this ripple in the water, these bubbles, and the thought of the culture was is that then the first one in, that the angels were stirring it and that the first one in then would be healed and this guy's like, oh, I can't get there. Can't get in. There's no way. There's no hope. There's no chance. Uh, So Jesus responds with this. Talk about turning his world upside down. Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. And he rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Now, I don't know about you guys, and maybe it's just me, but I always try to put myself into the story. And if I'm that guy, and that happens, now it seems to say in John 5 that it was pretty quick, that you know he's been there for 38 years, and he's not getting in the pool, and he's kind of got no hope, no expectation. And Jesus says this, and he kind of pops up and rolls up his mat and walks. I'm doing a little bit of this. You know? A little bit of stretching, a little bit of, really? Uh... I mean, I mean, I'm going to check it out and think about it and go through it. Well, well, this guy does just just seems to act quickly. Pick up your mat and walk, and instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat, began walking, but the miracle happened on the Sabbath. Bum 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 bum. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was uh, cured, "You can't work on the Sabbath." The, lo- the, uh, the law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Really? Sorry, that got loud. Really? Y- you got to be kidding. An incredible thing just happened, and you're going to hang your hat on the carrying the sleeping mat? Could we have a focus problem here? Could the Jewish leaders, understanding where they're coming from, and you have to be boom ba boom 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 all the way down, but they missed a miracle. I think that's a problem. Lord help us if we ever get so off the right focus and perspective that we could miss a miracle right in front of us for who knows what crazy reason. So we, uh, So anyway, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry the sleeping mat. But he replied, the man, so he's now going to pass the buck, but he, re- he replied, the man who uh, healed me told me to pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man, I uh, didn't know. For Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. I like the seeking that goes on there afterwards. I like the fact that he disappeared into the crowd, but then he sought him out. Ever been there? He sought him out, and he uh, he says this: "Now you are well," and I like this, no sugarcoat. So stop sinning. Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse is going to happen to you, which is implied here—the heaven and hell issue. In other words, getting well is terrific. But stopping, stop the sinning in your heart and where you are spiritually and what's going on here and following me and doing things my way is even more important than the fact that you're not by the pool anymore. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had, who had healed him. I, I like the fact that Jesus is walking along amongst the people you know, I'm a, I'm a relational guy. I love people. I love being around. I'd love to get to know each one of you at a deeper level. That's just who I am. It, it really bothers me that I only know a few of your names right now. I'm really kind of uncomfortable about that in my sanguine personality. But, uh, but so I want to get to know, but, but Jesus is with the people. And in this story, it's probably one of the most relevant and grandest messages in all of Scripture. Not only is there power in Jesus to cleanse us from sin, by the way, that's a big deal, isn't it? Cleanse us from sin. He has that ability. He showed it right here with this guy and telling him to stop sinning. There's also power to heal us. Now, I know in the Church of the Nazarene, we believe in healing. We believe God can do it any way he wants. He can use doctors. He can use nurses. He can do it instantly. He can do it any way he wants. But I think it's a big deal, even in this date, 2011, that we don't sell that power short. That's kinda of what this power of this Lenten season is all about, isn't it? That there's incredible power available and that he wants to, through the Holy Spirit, for us to tap in and be a part of that power. And he also wants to, to set us free from the chains that, that bind us, to set us free. Now here's, here's what I just said, power to cleanse, power to heal, power to set us free. I, I guess I wanna ask you, anybody interested? Interested, okay. I thought you might be, Nazarene Bible College on a, you know, I think you know the, you know the right answer anyway. But, but it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a big deal to be, to be interested in those things. So, so the question that I've been rolling around in my head now for a few weeks during this season getting ready for Easter, do you want to be made well? Would you like to get well? Just like the question he asked the guy at the pool. At first I thought it was a no-brainer, but then I started thinking this. He's known what to expect for 38 years. It's been a pretty normal routine. It's not been fun, but it's been easy. No responsibilities, really. And if he decides to get well, and and Jesus jumps in here and and he gets well, things have changed drastically in his life. And now he has to face those things in a place where he might have been for a while comfortable. Here's what I wonder, when we get flattened in life and we kind of stagger through things and we're trying to figure out how to go or where to go from there and we kind of are lost our focus and we, we don't know how to move forward, the sad thing is, is a lot of us can get stuck right there. We can get stuck right at that point where we can get so used to things not being the way we want them to be that we think that's the new normal. That's just how it is. And I want to I remind you guys tonight that, that that's not what the power of this time of the year and the resurrection, that's not what it's about. It's not about getting used to a new normal that's way below what God really wants for you. He wants to give you more. He wants to set you free. He wants to move you forward. He wants to do those things. And, and, and I started thinking a little bit about, about the question of do you want to be well is kind of a wholeness question. It's a wholeness question in the fact that there's things spiritually, emotionally, physically, and relationally. I don't have time to go into those in great detail, but spiritually speaking, here's what I'm thinking. You want to be made well? If you, maybe you need to hear, even at Nazarene Bible College, even here on a, what night is this, Thursday? Uh, Wednesday. See, I'm all lost. And uh, maybe even on Wednesday night at Bible College, maybe what you need to hear is stop sinning. To get spiritually well. Maybe you need to be emotionally well. Now, now, this is a hard one for me because I grew up in an, an emotionless family. We all knew that everybody loved each other, but nobody said it. So I grew up saying, you know, hearing, big boys don't cry, don't show a lot of emotion, uh, you know, be a man. Matter of fact, the person that was telling me those things was, was my dad. I called him recently. He's now in his early 70s. And I called him, and I said, Dad, what are you doing? And he said, I'm watching a chick flick. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you right now that I, I, I beat the cell phone on, the, on my, what? He said, I never watched these in my life. I said, I know. He said, Sleepless in Seattle really kind of gets to your heart. And I said, hello, Dad, is this you? And things have radically changed. All those grandkids I mentioned, and my brother has a couple. Uh, I mean, they've just melted his his heart to the point that emotion is just, you know, all over the place. It's kind of silly, kind of interesting. I'm still a little warped, but he's doing great. But uh, but it's. <laughs> but but it 's interesting how how that works but but emotions can do crazy things can 't they they could, We can be emotionally high, emotionally low, but what, what he wants to do, what Jesus wants to do when he wants us to be well, is he wants to even be the center of those things that we don 't that we get a little more balanced and and, and that he 's kind of the center of even our emotional state of being he, he also wants to be part of the physical. I had a really cool thing happen this uh, this last weekend in Westminster at the church after a 10:45 service at the end of the prayer time time to go to lunch and a lady that's been fighting cancer came up to me after the after the altar time and she gave me a great a great big hug but she's fighting cancer so bad that when she came up and hugged me she's still in so much pain that it was it was kind of one of these and I hugged her and tried not to break her and wanted to wanted to just you know love her and hug and she said thank you I'm a lady that's been in the church and been a pastor's wife for probably 50 years, she said, things aren't going real well, you know. I said, that's what I heard, Mary. And she said, I, I almost gave up this week. Thanks for reminding me that, that the power is still available even for a, a lady like me. She said, I don't want to give up. Because, you know, that emotional sense of fight and disease as, long, as well as the physical. But, but we don't want to ever sell God short in the fact that he can still do miraculous things. Do you want to be well spiritually, emotionally, physically, and relationally? You know what we can do relationally that could really, really help some of us? We could say these words. I'm just going to get in your business, okay, because I'm already ab- about over the time. <laughs> but here it is, relationally. Broken relationships can just get us stuck in life and flatten us to where we can't move forward. Here's what we need to learn sometimes. It's really deep, really meaningful. Sometimes it's really hard, though. Say these words. I'm sorry. And I'm not a, a mind reader, but you know what I think that maybe at least a couple of you are thinking? But I wasn't wrong. We do that, don't we? It's like, say, I'm sorry. I was justified. I was right. I'm the one that got the shaft. You know, she did it or he did it. Sometimes we got to rise above. You want to be made well? You got to get beyond that. You, you have to say, God, here it is. I mentioned the spiritual part of getting well, and I came across a really cool uh, three minute three-minute video a while back, and I'm going to show you this, and I think it pretty much tells the story. But what my prayer is, is that if any of us come to this service tonight with a little bit of trash, maybe emotionally, maybe spiritually, maybe relationally, maybe physically, that we uh, need to remember that he would love for us to hand it over and not just keep it for ourselves to carry around our own trash. He'd love to, to take it from us. So check this out and then I'll finish. I think a lot of, a lot of times when I've tried, ho- tried to hold on to things, uh, I don't know how you hold on to things, but I kind of visualize it like this. I hold on to stuff like this and I want it. This is the way I want it to be. This is the way I drew up the family plans. This is how I thought it would be with my grandfather. This is how I thought it would be. This is, this is my plan. This is how I like it. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I want. And sometimes when he says to us, stu- would, like would you like to get well? He says, you know, hand over the trash and go from this right here to, to this. And we're free. And it's what he wants. He wants to set us free. But he cares about us enough that he didn't make us robots and he gave us a free will. And he has great plans and great things and great purpose. But he says, you want it? Or you want me to take it? I think you know the right answer because it's no fun to be bogged down, flattened and kind of feeling like you're going nowhere. He wants to take our trash. Would Would you bow your heads with me? Let me have a closing prayer. Before I pray, I, I guess I wanna, I wanna ask, is, is, is there anybody here, I might not know your name, but I promise you I'll lift, lift you up in prayer, but anybody here that just would say, Brian, hey, I'd appreciate it if you'd uh, pray for me. I'm, I'm dealing with some things that the Lord's brought up to my mind in the last 20 minutes and I just wanna move forward. Anybody like that? Thank you, thanks, thank you. Father, for the, for the hands that are raised in every section, And for those of us that certainly understand and have been there, done that, and want to continually walk with you the way you want us to walk, I just pray that you would give us a taste and a a sense of that power that you grant in our lives to move forward, that we would be spiritually well, and if any of us here need to, to stop sinning, that we would do it if any of us need a little better focus because we have tunnel vision or we potentially are missing the miracle because of who knows what, that you would just give us the right perspective. God, if anybody here needs a touch from you physically, help us to not sell your power short and to know that you can heal. And Lord, if if anybody tonight is dealing with broken relationships, and I gotta believe that every one of us either is dealing with it or know somebody that's in the middle of a mess. And God, I pray that you would jump into those situations and work in some mighty ways and help us to rise above the circumstance and continue to love like you would have us love, to love one another. God, thank you for, for this group. Be with them as they study, as they grow, as they learn, as they are a community together. And Lord, just continue to grow us all and the knowledge and understanding that you are always loving us so much that you refuse to keep us in any one spot. You always want us to be loosening our grip and allowing you to set us free and learn and grow together. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you are dismissed.